welcome back to another episode of Caitlin Cracks the Code. I am your host, Caitlin Anderson, and on my podcast, I like to find the world's top leaders, most influential people, or just someone who's done something really cool with their life. I will research their background and come up with one thought-provoking question to give you access into their brain that you're not going to find anywhere else. My last episode with Dr. Edith Eager, who was an Auschwitz survivor, did so well. I'm really happy about the feedback I got from that one. So if you haven't listened, go give that one a listen. She is such an inspiration and light. She carries joy wherever she goes, and she gives you some great life advice. If she can keep a positive mindset at arguably one of the most difficult times during history, then that is inspiration for all of us as well to keep one today in our day-to-day lives. Now for my guest this week, he is someone who is keeping the inspiration going with an incredible story. I know after listening to this, a lot of you are going to be inspired and you'll want to watch the Netflix documentary that he is in. His name is Chris Norton, and if you've heard of him, then you know that he was told that he would never be able to walk again, but ended up proving all of the doctors wrong. As I mentioned, he does have his own Netflix documentary, and it's called Seven Yards. Before getting into my interview with Chris, I want to give you guys a full background so you can hear exactly what happened, how he became paralyzed, and then how he is doing today and inspiring literally hundreds of millions of people. Chris was just like any other kid, going to college and fulfilling his dream of playing college football. But at 18, he was just a freshman when his whole world changed forever. During one of his games, he hit his opponent going full speed and he had mistimed his tackle by a split second, he said. So instead of getting his head in front of the ball, his head hits his opponent's legs. He said he immediately lost all feeling from his neck down, so he could not move or feel anything. He was laying there completely conscious, but he just could not move or feel. He described the experience as, It felt like someone flipped the power off to his entire body. While he was laying there, he just kept thinking, it's going to go away, I'll be able to get up, I'm going to be able to walk off the field. Because he says that you always see these things in the movies and you never think it's going to actually happen to you. So even as he's laying there and he's still conscious but he can't move anything, he still has hope and he just thinks it's going to go away. Unfortunately, that was not the case because time just kept going on and there were medics out there asking him to make fists. He couldn't do that and they would touch his leg or touch any part of his body and ask him if he could feel it and he could not feel anything. So obviously he's growing more and more frustrated as this is all happening, but it wasn't until they called for a helicopter and that is when he knew this is really, really bad. They took him to the hospital, and it turns out the doctors told him that he had a 3% chance to ever move or feel anything below his neck ever again. So definitely not walking. That's not even included in that. They're talking about even moving anything or feeling anything. That was a 3% chance. So imagine just not being able to scratch an itch or to be able to feed yourself. Chris said that everything stopped when he heard this and you know in the movies when you just hear ringing in your ears and everything kind of zones out and you just you're in shock basically 
that's what was happening to him as anybody would feel at that point. Because you think about earlier, maybe a few hours before that, you're completely normal, completely fine, living out your dream, playing college football, and then in a split second, your whole world changes. Chris said he did not want to accept this, that there was only 3% chance of him being able to ever move or feel. He wanted to be a part of that 3% and beat the odds. The first few days in the hospital, he was only able to just nod his head yes and no when they'd ask him things. So he described himself as looking like a giant bobblehead all day. And as you can imagine, going to bed was the worst. When you're just laying there, all of your friends and family aren't coming in and out to visit. The sun's not coming through your window. You know, it's nighttime, you're just staring at the ceiling and all of your thoughts and all of your fears come to the forefront of your mind. And I want to tell you this story about the fourth night that he was in the hospital and he was really sad and he was crying and it was in the late hours of the night and I thought it was so sad when he was saying he was crying and he couldn't even wipe his tears away because he couldn't move his arms. So his nurse came in that night to check his vitals, just like all the nurses do when they do rounds, and her name was Georgia, and he described Georgia as being kind of forceful, she wasn't too nice, but she came up to him and said, look me in my eyes. And so he did, and she said to him, I'm Georgia, I'm from Wyoming, do you know anyone from Wyoming? And Chris said no and kind of just wished that she would leave him alone and get out of his room. I mean, it was like middle of the night and she's in there trying to talk to him and she's not very nice at that. But she kept going and she told Chris, people from Wyoming don't tell lies. I want you to know that you will beat this. You will beat this. And that's exactly how she said it. And Chris said immediately he just broke down crying. He said he needed to hear that so bad because it just completely restored his faith and his confidence. No other nurse had come in and taken the time to do that and to really encourage him like Georgia did. So that story sticks with him wherever he goes, wherever he's speaking. I really like that story because it really drives him to try and beat this and be a part of that 3%. I think this is such a good example of how anybody should take a lesson from Georgia. When someone's struggling, especially when you know someone's struggling, just giving them a few simple words of encouragement, no matter if that's a text or a phone call, I personally think it's always better to give your time, especially when someone is in a dark place. But whatever you can do, just giving a little bit of yourself to encourage them, it can work miracles in someone's life. And even to strangers you don't know, just by simply speaking to them or waving at someone, smiling at someone, telling someone to have a nice day, you never know what's going on in their own lives. So that can completely flip someone's day around. You really just never know. I think a large part of Chris's success during this whole journey was his amazing family, and I saw this from watching the documentary and just how Chris would speak about them. They decorated his room with motivational messages and Bible verses. It was like a really uplifting, positive environment, 
and he said that they would check everyone at the door to make sure they weren't coming in with any negativity because they really wanted to create a space that was filled with encouragement and not discouragement. He said in the evening his dad would be reading him Bible verses. He had awesome friends that would come visit him, so he was just filled with good spirits all around. He started doing therapy in the hospital in the first few weeks he said he could only do one hour because that's all his body could handle. But as time went on, he eventually got that up to three hours and he wanted to get better so he asked for four. And initially the hospital said no, three is all that we allow. But he eventually got that fourth hour and he started doing that for a while and then he wanted five so he asked the hospital for five. And they did say no to five and they like actually meant no and he could not have five. But he said that when he wasn't sleeping, he was working. So in his room, he was doing all the exercises that he can on his own and just working as hard as he could to get better. And when you think about that, that is a lot of time out of the day to be working on yourself. He is such a hard worker and someone who when they know what they want, they focus on it and give it all of their energy and basically just know that success is the only option. A quote that he mentioned that I really liked is that your future will take care of itself when you take care of today. That is something that he learned throughout this whole journey that as long as you're doing what you can every single day, the results will take care of themselves. Now along his recovery journey is when Chris meets his now wife named Emily. She is such a gem, you definitely need to watch the documentary to get a feel of her and see how big of a role she played in Chris's recovery. She never left his side and was so encouraging for him. His first big goal that he set was to walk across the stage and get his diploma at graduation. So training for all of this, Emily was right by his side the whole time. She helped him and he even described her as his hardest trainer. When you count up all of the time that Chris put in to achieve this goal, it turns out it was over four and a half years and 4,000 hours to walk four yards to get that diploma at graduation. That is such big dedication, and it turns out that Chris pulled it off. I don't know if you've seen the video of this happening, but they videoed it. He walks across the stage. After he was told he'd never be able to even move or feel again, and it blew up. This video has over 300 million views, and it inspired so, so many people. He got so many messages, and this just really lit his soul on fire. So you can imagine how amazing it must have been to feel that you are now inspiring people with your story. Something that you once thought was a burden is now such a big blessing. All of these messages from these random people saying how inspired by him they were really drove him to his next big goal, and that was to walk seven yards down the aisle at his wedding. And that is the name of the documentary, Seven Yards. It is on Netflix, and I could not recommend it enough. It is such an amazing story. Everyone's going to cry when you see him walk if you haven't already, so I'm just preparing you for that. Something that really stood out to me is Chris's faith through this whole process. He is a big believer in the Lord, and he said that his faith grew so much during his whole recovery process and ever since his injury. He had to trust in the Lord because that's really what got him through everything. 
And now I want to tell you a quick story about one of the doctors that Chris had in the hospital and what he said to him. So we'll go back to when Chris first entered the hospital and I believe he was in there for a total of seven months, he said. So that is a long time to be in the hospital. But he said at five weeks in, when he was there, he started to feel this new sensation in his left big toe. So he was so excited. He said it was kind of like when the covers come off of you and you feel like a breeze. That's what it felt like in his left big toe. And so he said that when the neurologist came in, he was so excited to tell him. He said, hey, I can feel something here. And the doctor, he would not even give him the time of day. He told him, Chris, you're experiencing a phantom feeling where you want to believe you can feel something so badly that you tricked yourself into thinking that it's real. His heart, I can imagine, just dropped after hearing that. And then the doctor goes on to say right before he walks out the door, the last thing he says is he looks at him and says, Chris, you're never going to move anything in your legs ever again. And then just walks out. Now Chris was just devastated and he described this time as the first time he's ever seen his dad cry. After hearing that, in a way, he became more motivated than ever because he wanted to prove that doctor wrong. And not even one week later, on Thanksgiving morning, he wiggled his left big toe. That same toe that the doctor said, you're not actually feeling anything. It's phantom feeling. And so Chris said he told the nurses and the therapist to go get that doctor And he just wanted to have some words with him, but that doctor was not there that day. Chris now has seven children, and like I said, he's married to Emily. They are foster parents, and they have fostered over 18 children in all. They are such an amazing, beautiful, and inspirational family. You're going to see all of this in the documentary Seven Yards when you watch it. A big lesson that I took away from Chris is that He focuses on what he can do because there is still a lot of things that he can't do and he has to have help. But rather than focus on that, he focuses on what he can do and how he can be a positive light for others. And this reminds me of last week when I talked about controlling the controllables. And that is what Chris did. He controlled what he could so he could work on himself and do his exercises and keep a positive mindset. A reoccurring theme with these guests that I bring on is that they really control what's within themselves and they don't worry about the outside world. And like Chris says, your future will take care of itself when you take care of today. And that is Chris Norton's incredible story and everything that happened to make him who he is today. So from all of this, I gathered my one big question that I wanted to ask Chris and share with you guys. So let's go ahead and get into the interview. Let's get cracking. So Chris, you were told by doctors that you had just a 3% chance to ever move or feel anything below your neck again. But despite what every healthcare professional told you, you made it a goal to walk across that stage and get your diploma. You said it took over 4,000 hours of training and four and a half years of perseverance to walk four yards. My question for you is what kept you going to achieve this goal? 
And what would you tell someone who's facing adversity to keep pushing through? For me, I knew exactly what I wanted and why I wanted it. And that reason, that powerful why gave me and opened up the possibilities to how to make it happen. I was bound and determined, I'm going to figure this out because it was important enough to me. And when something's important enough to you and you know what you're trying to achieve, you'll figure out how to do it. That's my goal every single day was, how am I going to get better? What can I do today to get a little bit further ahead than where I was yesterday? Because something I kept reminding myself was, your future will take care of itself when you take care of today. So what can I do today to get better? Whether it was the first thing I had to do, which was to nod my head yes and no. I nodded my head yes and no for hours. I looked like a giant bobblehead bouncing my head all around. And I took that progress and it went to my shoulder. I started shrugging my shoulder. I just kept figuring out ways to get better. So for anyone who's going through something difficult right now, focus on what you can control what you can do in this moment. Let everything else go because you can't control it. It's not in your power of decision or anything that you can affect. And so for me, I knew what I could control, what I can do about it. I can control my attitude and effort. I'm going to pour everything I've got into getting better because I knew that vision. I knew where I wanted to go and I knew I had to put in the work to make it happen. That was such a good answer from Chris and it really resonated with me because something that I've learned in my 20s is that I just have to figure out what it is that I want and not worry about how I'm going to get there. So that's the main thing is to figure out what and not worry about the how because the how will take care of itself. When you're working every day towards the what, you're going to figure out how to do it, how to get there, how to make that dream come true, and how to achieve that goal. And that is exactly what Chris did every single day. He just figured out a way to get a little bit better, and that's what we can all do. You just want to grow a little bit because eventually it starts compounding, and before you know it, you're going to be where you've set out to be. I think discipline and consistency is the key to getting what you want. Even on the days that you don't feel like doing it, which I'm sure Chris had many, many of those days, you still have to keep going and remember why you're doing it. There's been so many times where I'll set a goal not knowing how in the world I'm ever going to achieve it because it just seems, it doesn't seem attainable at the time, especially when you're just starting out. But if you keep working at it every single day, you eventually figure it out. And before you know it, you look back and it's so amazing to see how it all works out. So I thank Chris so much for sharing his story with the world and for being so motivational for so many people. I mentioned the documentary earlier that I'd love you to go watch, Seven Yards. It's on Netflix. Chris is also a motivational keynote speaker and I will have that linked in the show notes. I'll have his Instagram, his Facebook, and his TikTok all linked as well. You can find him on those platforms at ChrisNorton16. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation and took something away from it. I hope it gives you some motivation and inspiration for the day. And just remember when you put in the work today that tomorrow is going to take care of itself.
Follow Caitlin Cracks the Code on Instagram and TikTok at KCTCPod. This is where you're going to see the video versions of all of the episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review it. That would help me so much. If you have any recommendations for people you'd like to see on the show, let me know. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Caitlin Cracks the Code. I will talk to you guys next Monday.